Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. Come on, come on. We do. We believe that you have a story. We believe that you have a story and that your story is important. And you, you may um, have been overlooked. You, you may feel like um, everybody's story is working but mine. Uh, but, but, I, but I want you, I want to challenge that a little bit. Uh, why those feelings may be real. I just think that many times our feelings have to be submitted to what God says. And, and, and God says that he has plans and he has a purpose. Come on, listen, for us. He has a plan and purpose for you. Even on your worst day, he has a, he has a plan and purpose for you. On your best day, as great as it is, there will be other great days. And I just think that as we begin to celebrate here today, um, it's important that we have moments where we pause and praise. Our Western society loves to just tackle every new day and grind and move and try to do a lot and accomplish a lot. But there are times when uh, birthdays, there are times in anniversaries, there are times in special occasions when it's actually more beneficial to stop and pause and begin to give God glory. Because I don't know about you, but it's really easy to be critical. It's really easy to think, oh man, if I just made a little bit more, more money, if I just had that job, if I just, oh, I don't, the car that I have is great, but oh, I can't get these fries out of it. You know, maybe if I, could, if, I could, if I could just move on, if I could just get out of this season, then I know that the next season would be great. But I want to tell you that in every season of your life, even if it's incredibly hard and it's incredibly painful, there are always nuggets and opportunities and moments when God is moving, even in those seasons. And we've got to be people that never rob God of praise because we're in a season that's hard. Come on, church. Y'all give the Lord some praise. Come on, come on, come on. We are celebrating the six years. Like God has been establishing this. All of this didn't just happen. And we've been spending the last six years really building a foundation. And I believe that God is going to, um, to advance what we've been doing. Not because we're special, good, or great. But because we've been intentional at working on our foundation. And uh, I've learned a lot about building over the last couple of weeks. Now, I, don't ask me to build anything because I can't. Um, but I... But, but, I've learned a lot of terms, and what I've learned is uh, if you want to go long, sometimes you have to go slow, and there's a process. You know what I'm saying? If it would have been me, uh, uh, our builder is in the room. If it had been me, I'd have had everybody there one week at one time throwing it all together. But I realized that that would have been chaos. Still, I would have done it. I would have, like, ah, everybody's fighting. I was like, whoever gets their walls up first, come on. Like this would have been, I would have got like a royal rumble, build your moment. And I realized that would have been terrible. And y'all would have all been really mad at me. And we would have wasted a lot of money. So we didn't do it my way. Um, God has been establishing something. 
And we are a biblically-based church that believes that you got to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Like, like being filled of, of the Holy Spirit and allowing the Holy Spirit to empower you because there are hard days ahead. We are a life-giving community. That means that we are responsible for the life, listen, that we begin to give to other people. We're responsible. Like, like we are responsible for what comes out, come on, listen, of us. And as a church, we have seen God bless our church exceedingly and abundantly over the last six years. And that's why we give him praise. Come on, does that make sense? I told you last week that I had some exciting news for you. Y'all like birthday presents? All right. Um, well, so here's the thing is over the last few months, uh, we, we've been talking about exceedingly and abundantly. We've been talking about God moving our church forward. Uh, we are actually, hopefully within two months or so, uh, uh, going to be moving down the road like seven-tenths of a mile. Six and a half acres, uh, uh, 17, uh, over 1,700 square feet. So this, this building right here is 12. So come on, if you felt crammed going in, we know. We know, you know what I'm saying? But people still like Chick-fil-A. Have you seen the line? So, so we, we, know, we know we need more space. Um, but, but here's the thing is uh, we were doing a time of praying and fasting, and, and I love a church that spends the first month of the year seeking the Lord. Like, like that's important for us. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and everything else will be added. And so when we get our seek right, then we're, we're in position to begin to allow the Lord to begin to bless us. And um, I'm always looking at the numbers. I'm always looking at how we're going to get there and what we're going to do. And, and uh, we were in our time of fasting and I just really believe that the Lord was like, hey, look, I want you to wait 30 days before you do anything. Because I was thinking, okay, I don't know what we're going to do. We're going to do some drastic thing. And he said, wait 30 days. So January the 30th, after the night service, I'm taking my kids to eat. And um, about 9 o'clock, I get a phone call from a, a gentleman that, that doesn't come to our church but follows us, is involved with us, um, but lives out of town. And he said, hey, Pastor Stephen, I've been following you guys. How are you guys doing on the building? I was like, oh, man, we're doing great. And he goes, do you think in the next 60 days that you guys can raise $100,000? And for, 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 for many who don't know, uh, last year we spent the last six to eight weeks talking about commitment cards. And we had like $172,000 come in in commitments for January through September. So, so, so. We've had these commitments. And I said, well, yeah, I mean, I, I think, I don't know. Uh, and he said, uh, well, if you can do it in 60 days, I'll match it. And uh, I said, what? He said, if you can get $100,000 in in 60 days, I'm going to match $100,000. Uh, and so I was like, well, what if, <laughs> you know, like, what if we, <laughs> he was like, I, I, I really feel like that's what God told me to tell you. And so uh, all last week, we've been talking to, to uh, just a few people that ha have made the commitments already. Uh, and uh, last week, uh, we brought in $54,000. And we, listen, come on, listen. Uh, okay, so I don't know how you would feel if someone gave you $54,000. 
but I feel like y'all are on the golf course and Tiger's putting. Come on, like, like God is doing some good things, and that's $54,000 that we didn't have. Come on, that's good. And so here's the thing. We, we have 60 days. So I know you're asking, you're thinking two things. When is the 60 days over? March the 31st is when that is over. And we, we just really believe that we are going to get there. And so for those of you who've made commitments, if you can do it earlier, uh, then we'll, we'll get it matched dollar for dollar. And so that just, I mean, that, that, that is exciting and it's a blessing. Uh, for those of you that you've been coming this year and you really didn't know much about it, uh, we're asking people above the tithe. So don't just take your tithe and go, Hey, you know what I'm saying? Like this is above the tithe, uh, but you can go to the PushPay app uh, where we give tithe, and it says new building, and that's where you give that, and we'll match that. Or you can come bring a check and just on the four memo write new building. But we are so excited because we believe this is an exceedingly abundant moment where we have been abundantly blessed, and so um, we're excited, and uh, we want you to be excited with us. And if you feel like the Lord is like, hey. I want to be a part of that, then uh, do it. Because uh, here's what I know. I've already heard stories. I can't wait to tell you the t- testimonies the testimonies of it. But we are going to see that as you sow, listen, I promise you, you will reap. We love great statements. Y- y'all write down great statements? Yeah. Do y'all like great statements? Uh, let me just tell you that every day that you're alive is an opportunity to learn something. The goal isn't just to make it through life. It's to allow life to be better you. Okay? So when I'm in a conversation with a lot of people, I will always pull out my phone. You will see it. A lot of people may think I'm texting. I'm not texting. I'm learning. I will pull out my phone all the time. If they say something, if I'm talking with a family that they have kids older than me and they, they, they drop a nugget, I'm like, oh, snap. And I'm start writing down. I'm always learning. I'm always writing down. Because I think that God has a trajectory for all of us to go. And every day he's giving you a little input on how to get there. Every day he's giving you a little moment, little awakening, little thought, little this, little adjustment. But because we are so busy, sometimes we miss it and we hear only suggestions. But God is actually giving you downloads. Through a friend, through a song, through your boss, through your whatever. And can I tell you that anything that you're continually hearing, God is wanting, listen, to move you to another place. Because God has, come on, listen, good things for you. I wrote down a few statements that I really like. A few statements that I really like. Uh, First is Benjamin Franklin. Come on, a founding father, Benjamin Franklin. It says this, tell me and I will forget it. Teach me, and I will remember. Involve me, and I will learn. Come on. Listen, uh, for all of you who have kids, uh, can I tell you that talking isn't training? And so more talking isn't more training. There are some things that they're going to have to be allowed to do. Does that make sense? And so I just want you, these are just really cool quotes that I think, and it's awesome to listen to quotes from people who made an impact and made a difference. Uh, the, the, one, uh, the next one is uh, Harriet Tubman. Uh, I mean, we're celebrating uh, here in America, we're celebrating Black History Month, and it's awesome to see uh, these voices that made such an impact on our culture. Uh, this is one that she said, and, and I like this. I want to read it to you. 
she was talking about her relationship with the Lord and how she was so successful with the Underground Railroad to free slaves. And here's what she said. It wasn't me. It was the Lord. I always told him, I trust you. I don't know where to go and I don't know what to do. But I expect you to lead me. And he always did. I just think that that's an awesome, that's like a drop the mic state. Because we're all trying to figure out how to get wherever we think we're going to go. And she's like, listen, hey, I, have, I always knew that, God, you would show me the way. Um, John Wooden, basketball uh, coach, he said this, look, do not let making a living prevent you from making a life. Come on, is that something Northwest Arkansas needs to hear? Come on, listen, we, we are all trying to grind. We're all trying to produce. We're all trying. Listen, he's telling us it would be better for you to make a quality life than to make an extravagant living. Um, Frederick Douglass, uh, just really a, a founding voice um, for us in our nation. He said this, if there is no struggle, there is no progress. Let me just say this. Being that we are people of faith and we believe that God can move supernaturally, I just want to say this to everybody in the room. Sometimes struggle is the greatest opportunity for your life. And we as a church pray that God finds us in the struggle and gives us power to overcome the struggle. But many times, if we always pray away our struggle, then something in you is not being developed. We are supposed to learn from life. We're supposed to learn from the ups and the downs, from the cheering moments and the painful moments. And I just want to let you know that if you are in a struggle today, that is not, that, that, that's not awkward. That's life. But in that struggle, you can find something that God wants to move and teach you and, and alter and shift. Come on. The Apostle Paul, this is found in Acts chapter 20, verse 24. And it says this, I do not account my life of any value nor precious to myself. For only I may finish the course and the ministry that I've received from the Lord Jesus to testify of the gospel of the grace of God. Listen to this. Listen to this. Leave that up there for a second. I feel like this is a, like sometimes we just read over stuff and we're like, oh, that's cute. Like this is a, I don't, like Paul, Paul who wrote two-thirds of the, New Testament, Paul who found himself in jail, Paul who went on three missionary journals, journeys, the apostle Paul said, yo, I don't even count my life as like valuable. I just kind of want to live my whole life, pursue the calling of God on my life, be in ministry that Jesus called me to. Like this is, this is an incredible statement. In a world full of people that are making statements, we're always making statements. You're sta making statements to people. You're making statements to your friends. Uh, the truth of the matter is, you're making statements by your life. When we are focused, when we are not focused, when we're present, when we're offended, when we're here. We're always making statements to other people. 
about how we think. And, the, here, and here's the thing is that we are such a, a, a funny culture is because we love to say it but not say it. We love to say it but not say it. And I'm just telling you that I believe our body is capable of great statements that change people's life. Come on, listen. That begin to move the body of Christ forward. And great statements will happen as God is allowed to transform your heart and transform your mind. Come on. God, if he is allowed to move in your heart and move in your mind, then I believe people will look at your life and go, wow. Your life is making a statement to me. So, but to believe that, you have to believe people can change. Do you believe? Come on, listen. You're a little quiet today. Yeah. Must be thinking. You must be thinking. Some of y'all like, I'm getting ready for the Super Bowl. I'm just trying to keep it down. You know, I'm like, you know what I'm saying? Some really don't know if the Bengals are going to win. So, I'm just kind of keeping it hype for when the cheese dip comes out. Uh, the Cowboys aren't playing, so I don't even know what y'all are excited about. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like if the Chow Cowboys and the Chiefs were playing, we'd be, 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 be good. We, uh, here's the thing is, um, is uh, I believe that for us, the statements that we're making by our life affect people, and they're powerful. And I want this church to have the responsibility to build, listen, life giving statements, life-giving believers. The Bible instructs us to be gentle, compassionate, but also courageous and strong. Also, the Bible tells us to live with conviction, like live with conviction. Um, uh, we, we used to say that if you don't have something you can stand for, then you're going to fall, come on, for anything. Statements. I remember when Katie and I were dating, we dated for about two and a half years. I mean, you could say three, but we, we kind of broke up, got back together, broke up, got back together, whatever. Um, don't, don't look at me like that. I mean, we've been married 19 years now. So like, <laughs> it ain't a thing without the ring after we go. Listen, hey. And so we was trying this out. Uh, <laughs> and so anyway, we started dating. And... Uh, when we were dating, I, I, I told her that I, I, I'm not going to say I love you until I'm able to put a ring on your finger and I have a place for us to live. Because when I say I love you, I'm making a commitment. Because see, in our culture, uh, love is more feeling-based. And so if I feel something, I have to say something. But we see from the Bible that love is choice-based. It's, it's not that it's not a feeling, but it's grounded in a choice. Jesus, God chose Jesus to die for us. And that is, come on, love. Does that make sense? So, so um, it was funny dating after a couple years. Uh, we would say goodnight or whatever. And it was, you know, when you're not saying I love you, but you, you do feel it and you do think it. And so we would say, I would be like, all right, goodnight. I, I like you a lot. You're a really cool person. You know what I'm saying? She would, she'd look at me like, that was awkward. And I was like, I felt it. I know. And so, um, and so uh, it was that night. Went to eat at uh, a steakhouse in Little Rock. 
went to a gazebo. <laughs> a little gazebo. <laughs> Danced under the gazebo. Hit that knee. Bah! Had that ring. And I was like, girl. I love you. And she was like, do, do, do. I know what that means. Bam, put it on me. <laughs> she knew. I'm just saying statements mean some things. Do you believe people can change? I mean, do you, do you really believe people can change? Because I, I, I understand that there are personalities in the way we process. You know, some of you, uh, you, you are fun all the time, exciting all the time. Uh, the, the thing that we love about most you, you the most is um, when you say something, uh, it's the first time everybody heard it. You know what I mean? I was like, wham! Oh, you're like, I had no, I didn't know where that came from. It just, it just came out. And some of you are like, oh, I know, nudge, nudge. Uh, and, and that's me. I, I've learned. Um, and then you have the other people, the, the internal processors. You know what I'm saying? It's like you ask them a question, and then 17 minutes later, they have an answer. But the whole 16.50 second, you know, the whole 16 minutes and 50 seconds you thought they were ignoring you. And you're, you're like inside, you're like, did you see me? And then they're like, so, here's the answer. And you're like, you were thinking about it? I had no idea because on this side of what was happening, it was very lonely. On this side, it was like, what's happening? It's cool. I'm talking to myself. I'm talking to myself. Go ahead. Uh, and so I, we, we have personalities and we have, we have different things like that. But, but the Bible teaches us that we can change. The Bible speaks of spiritual transformation. And we all have baggage and backgrounds and brokenness which cause painful cycles to repeat in our life. But I just need you to know that we serve a God who severs old cycles. We, we serve a God that can, can, can change it and, and, and move it. And he allow, if, if, if you allow him in his care and his tenderness, he will break it and he will remake it. There are four life-altering, life-altering, uh, I feel like, parts of your story that we all need. It doesn't matter where they happen or what the experience is or where you're at or what church you're at or what, what's happening in your life. I just believe that there are four key components to every story. And as we're building a life of faith, as we're building some bedrock, some foundation for us to stand on, I need you to know that probably you're not going to build a strong faith without these four foundational parts. Um, you, you're, you're going to have to have moments in your life. Spiritually significant moments need to be a part of your story. Moments that alter your direction, moments that alter the conversation, moments that make clarity come into focus. You're going to need moments, like life-changing moments. And here's the deal, you don't need just one. 
I think that that's a harm for the church is our life one changing moment was when I gave my life to Jesus and I came to the cross. But I need you to know that the cross is the doorway to the whole life of abundant living. And God wants you to continue to move in freedom. And there have to be moments and moments and moments. And I, I, you're looking at someone who's had a hundred different moments over the last 46 years of my life. And these moments happen subtly. They happen suddenly. They, had, they happen simply. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, there's not always the worship band playing and the, the worship team, you know, bringing it to me. Sometimes it's just a, a thought, a, a, a song, a pondering, a, 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 something in a movie, something that's, and it hits me and I feel like God is speaking. Does that make sense? Moments. You're also going to need purpose. Like in your story, there's got to be a sense of purpose of why you were saved. Listen, well, I was saved from, from, from hell, and I was saved to go to heaven, right? But, but, but as you were saved, you were saved from uh, judgment to do what here? To just exist? To try to be good? To try to be better. See, if, if, if you don't have moments and you don't have purpose, then you'll come to church and, and church for you will be uh, us convincing you to do better, be better, and make changes. But because of moments and purpose, you begin to put yourself in situations where I want to do that. You hear what I'm saying? I think your story has to have relationships in it relationships the type of relationships that you allow into your life people who you know what you can be transparent people that you can talk people that know you and love you and are there for you but that people will also challenge you like those life giving relationships come on there are some friendships that take you back to what you tried to leave and there are some friendships that are taking you forward and are demanding that you take another step up you're going to need relationships but you know what? The last thing that you're going to need is healing. You're going to have to let the Lord heal your life, heal your background, heal your, allow some freedom, some spiritual freedom to happen. Come on, listen. In your life, my assignment today is part of your story. Let's talk about this. Acts chapter 9, verse 3. It says this. Acts chapter 9, verse 3. Now he went... On his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light shone from heaven was around him. Falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you, why are you persecuting me? I mean, why are you coming against me? Like, here he is doing his thing. Saul's on his way, and God begins to show up. There begins to be this moment. There begins to be this interruption. There begins to be this conversation. Look at this. Why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Let, Let me make it plain. I'm not suggesting something. I'm not hinting. I love that Jesus hits the nail on the head. He doesn't beat Paul with a bunch of pillows. And Paul's like, what's happening? He deals with it. 
Look at this. He says this. Uh, let's see, where am I? All right, right here. I am Jesus who you're persecuting, but rise and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. Like, that is so awesome. In an over-polite culture, I mean, can I, can I just put y'all there a little bit? Because I feel like some of y'all are sleeping. It's okay. We love to afford your nap. But, 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 but here's the thing is, um, but, 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 but here's the thing is, this is so anti-culture. Can you imagine what would happen? Here, Saul is, look at what it says, and Saul was on his way. Saul, prideful Saul, is doing his thing, and Jesus shows up. The, this light, blinding light, knocks him to the ground. A voice from heaven. I mean, think about Saul's point of view. Oh, my gosh. Like, I don't appreciate any of this. Like, that light was way too bright. I, I, my, my, I have sensitive eyes. And if you were going to interrupt me, you should have at least told me, give me some sunglasses, give me some, I mean, what kind of, what, what's the UV on that? I mean, like, like, like I really, I'm, the ground, you knocked me to the ground. Like, if you were going to do that, you should have at least put out a mat. How dare you? Do you know how embarrassing it was? I was in front of my friends. And you didn't even care about it. You just hit, knocked me on the ground, and now I'm here, and I'm working on the ground, and, and I just, like, I'm dirty. And I don't appreciate that because I wasn't dirty when I had left. And now I've got scuff, I've got gravel in my hand. And it's all your fault, God. It's all your fault. And, and not only that, but, but I don't like the way you talk to me. I want to go to the church where there's all suggestions. I want to read the Bible where, where there's suggestions. But I don't want to be told what to do. Do you know who I am? Do you know how much I've studied? I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews. I am a Pharisee. I was, in, 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 in Philippians chapter 3, verse 4 through 6, Paul writes this of himself. The first thing he writes is, I was circumcised on the eighth day. I was a Hebrew. I, I'm just going to say, if you're writing a resume, don't leave with that. I just don't know if that would be the first thing I would drop in there. Just so y'all know. Bam. Like, like, if you ask me my pastoral credentials, I'm not leading with that. That's not, on the first, that's not the first thing on the paragraph. I'm just saying. Yeah, it's awkward for you, too. Yeah, it's amazing. So many times in life, we avoid, we try to avoid the ground. When here's the deal. God is not scared to take you all the way to the ground. Because God knows when you hit the ground, now we're finally going to move up. And some of you may be here and you be, may be on the ground. And you may feel like people are looking at you. And you, you, there, there's been moments in the, your boss and your, your, your friendships and, and your, your, your life group, your church, your whatever. But I need you to know that the ground was a tool to get Saul's attention. Yeah. Come on. Many times when we're on the ground, we want to blame God for putting us there. But here's the thing. In love, God is saying, you're on the ground because of your choices. But I'm about to move you and change your name. And Saul's about to come, become Paul 
Because I have a plan for your life. And what you're calling painful, I'm calling grace. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? Arise and go to the city and I will t I, you will be told what to do. Can I just tell you as a believer, you, you, we're told... <laughs> Like the Bible tells us, it's not a Bible of suggestions. We are told, flee from this, do this, go here, be that, allow that, do that. Come on, does that make sense? And, and if, we are, um, if we allow ourselves to be consumer Christians, which we go where we like it, then spiritual growth will never really happen. And here's the sad thing is, for many of our people who have stepped into leadership and stepped into growth and stepped into all the things, there is no leadership and growth that's not painful. It's, it's, it, because here's what happens. So many people think, well, if I just come in and get saved, it'll be great. <laughs> no, 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 it'll start. It'll start. But here's the deal. Every time I've given something up, Every time I've given up an offense, every time I've given up a brokenness, every time I've given up something, you know what? It's always been a struggle, but on the other end, there's always been a blessing. I've had more influence with people. I've been able to share another part of my story. I've been able to do something else. And God takes my brokenness and uses it. Verse 7 says, the men who were traveling with him stood speechless, hearing the voice, but seeing no one, Saul rose from the ground and Although his eyes were opened, he saw nothing. Listen to this. So they led him by the hand and brought him to the mat. Here is Saul. Big Saul. Led by the hand like a little child. I am not telling you that those leading by the hand moments aren't, great, aren't fun. But I'm telling you, would you rather be slightly adjusted, a little bit embarrassed, and totally broken if you could get to a place that would change your life. Okay, we're not talking about abuse. We're actually talking about love. You hear what I'm saying? Look, look at what else this says. In three days, he, he was without sight. He neither ate nor drank. And now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, and he called him. He said, here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, rise and go to the street called straight. I love it. I love it. I love it. Listen, get up. I'm going to take you to straight street. You've been a little crooked. You've been doing your own thing. But you want to get to straight street, we're going to figure it out because I want it straight. I want to, listen, I, I, come here. What I, look at this. And the house... At the house of Judas, look for the man of Tarshish named Saul. Behold, he is praying. Everybody say praying. There is a shift that happened in Saul's life. He went from hard to humble. Okay? The greatest place that you can be. I'm going to tell you when you're doing the best. You want me to know? I'm gonna tell you when you're doing it? Because we all can fake it. We can put on the mask. We can act like we're doing great. But when you are doing the best is when you are praying. And here's the deal. When you're not praying, compromise is coming in. Distraction is growing. Brokenness is happening. See, 
when Saul was praying, it wasn't that he was where he wanted to be, and it wasn't that he wasn't experiencing pain, and it, it wasn't that he was hurt, but when he was praying, he was finally looking to the source that would begin to change his life. And I'm telling you that the sign that you are where you need to be is you are praying because I've tried to do it myself. I've tried to make more money. I've tried to change people. I've tried to control the people in my life. And guess what? I can't win. So now I'm praying. I'm looking to the Lord. It's important. When you aren't praying, where is all of the daily frustrations going? They're going down. And then all of a sudden, they blow up on the people that you love the most. And why do they blow up on the people that we love the most? Because you're the most confident that they won't leave you. God says, yo, 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 take your prayer. Come on, take, your, take all of this junk because we all have it. And cast your burdens, the Bible says, on me because I care for you. And if you will give all of that to me, then all of that will go somewhere. And we won't have to blow up, say all this stuff, and 15 minutes come back and apologize to everybody in the room. Come on. God gave us, it's not like you better pray. It was like if you pray, here's where all this goes. And gee, my son walked the world. Like there are so many people that miss it and frustrated. And you, it's got to go somewhere. And how did Ananias know that Saul was ready? Because he, for three days he's in here, he's praying. I'm sorry. Forgive me. I didn't know. And after three days of praying it out, he's ready. Here's what I want to say to you. Moments are all in the Bible. Moses had a moment. Moses had a moment. What was his moment? His moment was birthed by curiosity. He was over here in the field. He looked up. He saw a fire on the mountain. And he goes, what's going on? And, and curiosity moved him to a place where he was in a holy moment. Maybe you're here today and you're like, I don't even know if I believe in church. I don't know if I believe in all this. But there's some curiosity in you. And I believe that that curiosity can open up, come on, listen, a moment in your life that will change everything. The next is David. David uh, had a moment with God that changed his life. And that moment was because of tenderness. See, I believe that there are some people in the room that you have been frustrated over your tenderness. If I could just get harder, if I could just get in, but I cry a lot. And I, every commercial and every time I hear a story, I just always cry and I hate myself. Right? I, I just want to be tough. I just want to be like the other people that I know that have no emotions. But here's what I want you to know is David's tenderness before the Lord was the catalyst that began to catch God's attention. And it was a moment. Hear me? The next was the woman at the well. The woman at the well, this is a story in, in the Gospels that she actually, her moment came about because she was hiding. She went to 
get some water at a well, and Jesus happened to be there. But she went at a time where nobody else was there because she was hiding, and she knew that there was some shame on her life, and she didn't want a lot of drama, so she tried to avoid people would be there. And in the midst of hiding, Jesus has a moment. And I want you to know that if you're here today and you're trying to hide, you're trying to be the ostrich, just keep my head down. Don't make eye contact with people. Don't have any real conversations. We'll just get through it. I just want you to know that this may be your moment today. The last example I have for a moment was Matthew the tax collector. And Matthew, the tax collector, was busy making money, y'all. You know what I'm saying? Like, he was making money and taking money, and he was busy. But even though he was busy, it did not stop his moment. It was in his busyness that God interrupted and arrested his attention and said, listen, I want you to come. Listen, and I want you to begin to roll with me. I guess here's what I'm trying to say is your journey of faith has to be constructed by moments. Moments. And you don't need just one moment. You need many moments where you begin to pray and connect because they're part of your story. Every moment shifts you, come on, listen, to another place. Tuesday night we have prayer here at the church and there was a woman that, was feeling as if God, she was praying, and well, a couple in our church, she was feeling as if God's not really listening. There's so many things that I, I feel like he's, he's spoken to my life about, and nothing's really happening. And, um, and her husband drives a truck, and, and he got into a head-on car wreck. Both vehicles going 50 miles an hour. A car was coming down a one-way street. Aiming for vehicles. I mean, this, this person who was coming, using their car as a battering ram, sadly died. But in the moment that this was happening, it was very, very early in the morning. Everybody from different states, different people, said, hey, you know what? I just woke up this morning. I woke up early this morning. I felt like I needed to pray for you. I felt like I needed to pray for your family. I felt like whatever. And she said her phone started blowing up, and then her husband called. And she was like, she got packed up all the kids, went to where he was. He didn't have a scratch on him. The police, no wrong done. And Tuesday night, we prayed for the other family. I mean, we prayed for them. I mean, that, it's a painful story. But she got in the car with all of her family, and she said, guys, this was a moment for us that God showed up. And it was undeniable because it wasn't just from one place. And I'm telling you, do not miss your moments where God is trying to capture your attention because moments move us toward purpose. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? And someone, you may feel like you hit the ground this week. You may feel like you hit the ground last month. And I'm just telling you that that hit may not be what you think it is. That hit may be the catalyst to move the rest of your life forward. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? 
Every moment that Katie and I have hit the ground in something, it was because God wanted us to shift and move somewhere else. Let's talk about purpose. Saul rose from the ground. Jesus said, yo, listen, you get up and I'll tell you what is going to happen. You may be in church and you may be coming and you may be thinking, I'm on the ground. I, 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 I've, I, my attention has been captured, but I don't know what to do. And here's the deal. You're not going to know every step to take every day of your life. It is a journey of faith. All you have to do is head toward where God told you to be and purpose unfolds. Way too many people want to know what they're supposed to do now. Here's how God does it. He begins to take all of your gifts and talents and everything that he's put in you for years and he begins to, as you're walking, narrow it down. But way too many people have are in indecision because they want to pinprick the exact calling of God on their life. That's not how it works. Get up, do what I told you to do, listen, obey, and something will come. Listen and obey, come on, and something will come. Purpose is on the other side of listening. Listen, if you will allow a moment to capture your attention and you will embrace humility, purpose will emerge in your life every single time. The purpose of your life isn't a mystery. It comes after moments. Moments. And let me just tell you this about about listening real quick because we're talking about purpose. Is it interesting to you that Jesus did not argue back and forth with Pilate? In fact, Jesus wouldn't speak. He wasn't being rude. But in the course of the whole conversation, he only answered just a few questions. And Pilate was confused. But here's what Jesus knew. Why should I talk to you, Pilate, when I know the only people you're going to listen to are the people? You're not going to listen to the king. You're going to listen to the people. And what did he do? He washed his hands and he said, I don't know what to do. Let me listen to the people. What do y'all want? We want Barabbas. God doesn't waste his words and he's not talking if we're not listening. And so many of us are stuck. God, what do you want me to do? Do the thing he told you and he'll tell you something else. And do the thing he told you and do something else. And do the thing that he told you and do something else. Because here's the thing. If you don't, it's okay. The ground's coming. There's been a couple that we've been praying for for two years. Two and a half years. And... They both started in our church, been growing, God doing some things. And two years ago, he, just some old things came up. And he was like, I don't know if I believe. And I met with him a couple times, gave him a book, of some answers and some whatever. And he was like, you know what, I think I'm an atheist. I think I'm this and this. And so it's been a, a year and a half of really, really hard for their family. And some traumatic things have happened in their relationship. But she got a text today saying, God's changing my life. She couldn't, she could barely get it out because she was crying so hard. And I am telling you that you may be in two years of hard, 
but I believe that God is moving and moments and purpose happen. You hear what I'm saying? And, and I believe right now, listen, God is speaking to some men in our church to start leading your family. Hear what I'm saying? Katie and I do everything together. But God has called me the leader and, and, and I'm going to lead. And some of the conflict and strife and struggle is because you're not leading. You're going to have to lead. Even if you do it wrong. Even if you mess up. And here's why men don't lead. I'm just going to tell you why men don't lead. First of all, men don't lead because of their past. The second, men don't lead because they, they are concerned they don't know enough. And third, they don't lead because the people um, sometimes in their house always have a better opinion. Hear me. We are going to be a church of strong men. Now, I'm not talking about abuse or dominance or anything like that, so don't send me an email because I'm not going to read it. I'm talking about order. I'm not talking about abuse. You hear what I'm saying? And just because I'm promoting masculinity and saying lead your, men lead your families, I am not saying that we don't promote women and all of their gifts and all of the things that they have. So don't even send me stuff. Because this one message, you would have to come here for a year to get my philosophy. You feel what I'm saying? I believe that God is speaking to some in our body that you're going to have to stay life-giving. And your attitude and your speech and your conduct are always going to cause you to hit the ground. And we can blame everybody else or we can move forward. That's the reality. That's, look, look, that's the reality. Every time, and I'm a pastor, every time I have done something or said something, and I'm telling you right now, I will be as transparent as anybody. Every time I have talked quickly and I didn't think before I speak, it always hurt people. And I have done that. I have done that. So I'm not going to judge you. But on the same token, if I want to go to this next level, the next level has more eyes. The next level has more attention. The next level. Can, is this too transparent for y'all? I even talked about something in the first service that I'm going to touch on here in just a second. And my wife was like, I think you said too much there. We, we need to teach a whole concept. That's like a four-week series. And I was like, but I feel like we need to do you know, I'm like coming real. And she's like, I don't know. Y'all don't know. After every time I speak, my wife meets me back in the room and <laughs> cleans up shop. There's only been two times that she's like, I don't think that's biblical. And I was like, what? <laughs> Come on. you got to allow relationships in your life. Do you hear what I'm saying? Moments, purpose, relationships. I believe God is speaking to some people today that you're, you've been here for long enough. You need to start giving and tithing. Not because we want your money, but because you don't feel like you belong in a church because you're really not invested. You're not investing. And that's why you feel like a visitor, but you've been here a year. Come on, hear what I'm saying. I believe that somebody here needs to begin to realize that moments are happening. It's interesting to me in this story, and I'm almost done. Come on, stay with me. Y'all good? Is this good? Okay. 
I want to talk about relationships. So we're talking about life-giving relationships. Okay? Moments, purpose, life-giving relationships. It is interesting that with all of Saul's pedigree, with his intelligence, with all the things that he knew and could understand, he still needed help. And I am... I think that we live in some of the most successful part. We live in the most successful part of Arkansas. People have multiple degrees. They have incredible experience. They, are, they communicate well. I mean, we have everything. But I want you to know that you may be the smartest person at your job. You may be the most intellectual. You may have had the most experience. Um, but you're still going to need somebody in your life. Because there will be moments when you can't see it and you need someone to say it. You also need people in your life that you can be vulnerable with. And you, you can't be vulnerable with everybody. Listen to what I'm saying. You can't say everything that you're thinking to everybody. And, 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 and let me preface this by godly relationships. Saying everything doesn't mean that you make your friend the garbage dump of the devil. That's not a friend. When you throw up on them, I just want you to be there for me. You want me to take all of your toxic thoughts that are so wrong and just... Come on. I will be here for you, and I'll walk through the trenches with you, and I will never give up on you. And we, I can take a little, but it sounds like if you need me for all of that, you're not praying. Because in the real world, here's the deal. Relationships are heavy. And if you don't want to be heavy, then you're going to have to change. Life-giving. Life-giving, life-giving. Saul needed help. Here's what I want you to know about purpose and moments. Moments and purpose, moments and purpose, moments and purpose. They will begin to change your friendships. I think that's why a lot of people are scared to move forward with God because they're so comfortable in the community that they've built forever that they're like, could it be any better over here? And here's what I want you to hear from me, and it's very, very important that you hear this. We at the house do not judge people. We're not trying to leave people. We're not, we definitely don't think that we're better than anybody. And the more whole you get, the more you have stuff to fix. But there are some people that want the old Saul, but there are other people that are going to listen to the new Paul. And so I'm asking you to, to look at the relationships in your life. Are they calling you to where God wants you to be? Or are they calling you back to brokenness and hardness and habits that will not move you forward? Come on, does that make sense? Some compassion over situations is the wrong compassion. I love the men in my life because if I act a certain way, they're going to be like, hey, man, we know it. Everybody gets frustrated. Don't do that again. Not, oh, it's okay. Okay. That it's okay will feel good in the moment, and it will build my pride, but it will end my marriage. You hear what I'm saying? Like, it's not okay. It's not okay. And you've got to have some people that will love you and listen and not judge but say, yo. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? 
it's interesting to me that the people that helped Saul get to the house, we don't ever hear again. And I believe that's because of the relationship changed. And, I, and I'm asking people all the time, don't come here for one service. Give me a year. Give me a year. Sit under the concepts. See what God does in your life in one year. And I promise you, listen, listen, listen. Everything will begin to change in your life. And you will come into moments and purpose and relationships. And listen, listen. I'm not trying to make us totally internal. I want to go out and live better outside the walls. I want to minister to people. But listen, let's minister to people that want to listen. The last one is this. Ben, y'all can come up. Are y'all good? Is this good? Come on, help me. Um, the last thing that will have to happen in your life is healing. Actual healing. Like your soul will have to be healed from brokenness and cycles and toxic things that we've all experienced. Because even if you had incredible parents, they deposited some inconsistencies. You hear what I'm saying? That's not a, uh, we're not, Katie and I have deposited inconsistencies. And we have to meet with our kids regularly. Hey, we were sorry. We repent. We, want to have, we jumped to a conclusion. That was an assumption. We're working on this all the time. But you're going to have to have healing if you're going to move forward. Here's Acts chapter 9, verse 17 and 18. So Ananias departed and entered the house and laying hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road which you came... He's asked me, he sent me that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately, listen to this, scales, scales fell from his eyes. And he began to regain his sight and he rose and was baptized, taking food and was strengthened. And here's what I want you to know is I believe the house is a place where you can come and receive the food of God and the, the word of God that nurtures and changes your life. I believe it's where you can come and find strength. I believe that scales can fall off your eyes. But here's the thing is we can't keep our scales and see the things that God wants us to see. We can't keep our scales and go where God wants us to go. The truth is God will lead you to the right destination, but eventually He wants you to be able to see so you can begin to lead people to the right destination. You don't get to stay being led by the hand that is a child, but spiritual maturity is you're now taking people, come on, someone, by the hand and leading them where they need to go and help Helping articulate freedoms and purposes and powers. This is what God's called us to do. Some here. Sure, you may need a mentor. Get into a life group. But some, you may be frustrated that you don't have a mentor. And you're supposed to be mentoring. At this house, we want to pastor you and shepherd you. And we want to see God do great things in your life so that spiritual sight can happen. And we need it in a world that is culturally confused. Intellectually dishonest is the culture that we live in. 
there's a different system for different places and different people and different and the only way to navigate that is by washing your mind come on listen with the word here is my conclusion as we end up today I have written two books countless curriculums I remember the first book that I wrote I was so excited I took it into two or three people that were doing the proofreading I was like look uh, I mean it took it took me like a year and a half to write this book and they were like thank you and two weeks later they gave it back to me and I'm telling you there was so much red ink on this book manuscript that literally I was so dejected I was like I didn't pick it up for a year because it was like great here's your work everything stinks and here's what I want you to know the greatest part of writing a book is also the hardest part of writing a book and God wants to edit and rewrite some of your story and if you don't let him edit you, if you don't let him rewrite it, if you don't let him, come on, let put his pen to the paper and say, we're going to strike that out. We're going to move this. I want you to rewrite this. That's not okay. Let's move over here. Not because you're not good enough, but because the manuscript and the potential is there for you to go where you never thought you could go. But you're going to have to allow the editing to happen in your life. So here's the thing. Will you allow God to edit and rewrite your story? Come on, everybody online. Will you allow them to do that? I have two takeaways today that I'll, I, just opportunities really to respond today. And here's the first, come on, is have you been missing your moments? And is it time for you to respond to the Lord? And maybe you've called the bad things in your life. Actually, God is saying, I'm bringing this because of where you're going. I'm not talking about God harming us. I'm talking about life revealing things. Okay? Would you allow Jesus to interrupt your life? Give you a moment and purpose, some relationships, and heal you? Or will you make him set up an appointment that will be lost in the busyness of your pursuit? Come on, bow your heads with me. Come on, all over this place. All over this place. See, I believe it's a moment. I believe it's a moment. You may be saying, Pastor, this is for me. I believe that I am in the middle of a moment. I'm in the middle of a ground moment, light, awakening, voice of God. Like I'm, I, I, I'm convicted, I'm challenged, I'm encouraged. And if that's you, on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand right where you're at. Come on, one, two, three. Come on, right where you're at. Come on, this is my moment. This is my moment. This is my moment. I'm going to let God edit my story. You can put your hands down. I'm going to let God edit my story. If you raise your hand, come on, repeat this after me. Jesus, I thank you for showing up 
in this moment to interrupt my life. I'm asking you to be the Lord of my life, to remove my sin, and to lead me into all the things that you have for me. Today, I make you first in my life. In Jesus' name. Come on, everybody said. Come on, everybody said. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.